thorny as we venture into the R&R, two truths are consistent. We love our dear Montana state and we love great beer. And you know who else feels the same? Jeremiah Johnson Brewing. Brewed in the heart of Montana in downtown Great Falls, Jeremiah Johnson takes Montana's finest ingredients to craft some of Montana's favorite beers. And now, Jeremiah Johnson's second tap room is open in downtown Coeur d'Alene. Their Citra IPA is probably one of my favorites, but we all know, Thorny, you're not the hop lover I am. You're more of a mountain man Scotch ale. Well, Foley, I'm certainly not a mountain man, but you are right. I do love their mountain man Scotch ale. But come game day, you and I are both cracking their golden bobcat pale ale. So when you're looking for a quality craft beer brewed with Montana roots, a relaxing tap room, or just a six-pack to take to your favorite bobcat tailgate, Jeremiah Johnson delivers. Make your next beer a Jeremiah Johnson, and as always, go Cats! Welcome everybody to the RNR Catcast, a fan-based podcast focusing on Montana State athletics. We're two dudes named Ryan from the state of Washington talking about our dear Montana State. We hope you enjoy. All right, Bobcat fans. Well, now we have Colton Poole, the uh, sports editor for the Bozeman Daily Chronicle on the show to talk a little bit about the Bobcats leading up to Sam Houston State and then talking a little bit about the Sam Houston State game. So, Colton, thanks, man, for taking some time to come on the, the show. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks thanks for having me. This is this is cool. I know we've kind of chatted about the possibility of me uh, show you know making an appearance here and glad we could finally line this up. Yeah, somehow we've managed to meet you two times living out here in Washington, I believe, right? Two times, one, <laughs> once at the... Uh, at the kickoff event in Spokane, and then the the, the other time as we were um, on our way to being kicked out of the press box for cheering, um, <laughs> we didn't we didn't stay there oh, too man. long. But Both I think did. you were up there, weren't you, when we were uh, Eastern Washington? You're talking about? No, it was uh, the Gold Rush game. Oh, um, yeah. Okay, that that sounds familiar. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ollie, yeah, we were. Uh, we were fortunate enough to sit in there because the Drake guys didn't come in and Bill Lambert, he did us a solid and they, they informed us. You're like, okay, no, no cheering in the press box. I was like, got it. You know, and like 10 minutes goes by. And of course I forget about it. And I got us in a pickle because I, I gave like a, like a fist pump or say like, go oh, yeah. Or something like that. And this guy behind me goes fully no cheering. And I was like, damn it. You did it. Tw- I did it twice. And I, I looked at right. I was like, I, "We got to get out of here, here before we get. <laughs> we're gonna get kicked out." So, well, okay. Oh, so, man, so, okay. So, I, I was gonna say, so that was more of a, a self awareness thing. Yeah, I want to <laughs> iterate. That was that was total fully over there. I was I was being cool. I was holding it. Together. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. So yeah, we looked we looked down the aisle, and you were so professional, and you're just sitting there and, and typing your story <laughs> and, and doing your job, and I was like damn it, like, these guys are, like, like in the zone, and I'm sitting there just, like, I felt so out of water. Like, I was like, come on. I just got to cheer. I was like, Thorny, let's go, dude. We're out of here. <laughs> so, but that was a cool glad, experience, nonetheless. Yeah, I'm glad you think I, I look professional because internally there's a lot of panic about deadlines. So I, I'm glad that I looked <laughs> a little bit more cool than I actually was. Yeah. <laughs> That's all that matters. Outward presentation. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. All right, well... I'm going to start us off. Uh, 
We've got a couple questions for you, Colton. Uh, let's see. Here we go. Um, let's go back to uh, let's go back to the Cat Grizz. Uh, Cat Grizz happens. So I, I guess my first question was, what was kind of the feeling around the program, and like now looking forward to the playoffs? How do you think like the Cats have used that loss to kind of help them prepare for what they're doing now? Yeah, I think you know post game uh, we we got to talk to coach Brent Vegan uh, and linebacker Troy Anderson and then quarterback Matthew McKay and it was pretty uh, pretty somber um, th- for me. I mean that was the first time that I had ever covered a Cat Grizz game in which the Cats lost and it's mm-hmm. it's quite a bit different. Uh, you know, it's. I mean, obviously the, the, this game means a ton to these people. I, I, I think coach vegan, you know, he really wanted to try and follow up the performance of his predecessor, you know, Jeff Choate, who was undefeated against the Grizz. And, um, and obviously these players really wanted to go out with never having lost to the Grizz and not, not being able to do that. I think that was, uh, quite disappointing. Um, but, and again, even talking to, uh, Lewis kid as well, uh, that Sunday, the, the following day or the, the day after that, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a lot of disappointment. Um, and it was also kind of just a unique feeling in general. That was the first time since Wyoming. So what, three, four months that, uh, that the, that MSU had lost a game at all. Um, and so I, I almost wonder if that was a little bit of a healthy wake up in, in, in terms of the rest of the playoffs that, you know, okay, there are some, there are some glaring things that need to be addressed and, um, things that could be fixed going into the postseason. So, um, and yeah, I mean, obviously that the way that MSU played things were a little bit different with Tommy Melodic quarterback, but, um, I think for the most part, some of those things were fixed and CT Martin. Um, and yeah, a, a pretty, pretty solid performance. And, and I, I think the bye week helped out a lot too, helping guys heal, um, helping guys kind of relax, get away from football and, and get prepared. So yeah, I, I think if, if anything, it was just a, a highlight of some of the things that MSU needed to fix. And, um, at least for now, it, it appears that those, those things have been addressed. So I, I kind of want to stay back in a little bit to the Cat Grizz game. I, I think I had a follow-up question that I just thought, and uh, I've just been wondering about this a little bit. Uh, during the week of the Cat Grizz, now having seen uh, this iteration versus like the predecessors, uh, Choate's regime, did you feel like there was a difference in the way they prepared coming up to the game? Uh, you know, I, I don't really... I, I never got that impression. I, I don't... Cause I mean, the, the, if, if anything, you know, I've, I think everyone knew how serious Choate took the game. And I, I don't think that vegan maybe necessarily took it any less serious. If anything, the players probably took it just as serious than as, as they did before in 2019, 18 in, in that f- four win stretch there. Um, so yeah. And and I think they, they really, really wanted to go out with a win. You know, the seniors before got to go out saying that they never lost the Grizz and this senior class really wanted to be able to say that as well and follow it up and keep that winning streak alive. And, 
Um, yeah, I, I, I just really think that, you know, th- there was nothing about the preparation. There was nothing about the desire that was lacking. I think it was just, uh, I, th- I think it was just a, a matter of the Grizz having a really good scouting report and taking advantage of some of the, the weaknesses that, that MSU had shown leading up to those games, specifically the, some of the offensive problems. And I also, and I, I think this is pretty apparent, uh, Isaiah Fonse uh, was not necessarily full health and really, and that was just evidence of how badly these players wanted to keep winning against the Grizz that he was probably, I think Vegan said that after the game that he wasn't exactly full speed, um, but he went out there anyway and tried to, uh, tried to give it a go and, um, but didn't exactly play up to his capabilities. And, and then that compounded with some of the offensive issues through the air um, I mean, the MSU defense played phenomenal, uh, for the most part, yeah. except for, except for the opening drive, which kind of gave the Grizz momentum from the very beginning. But I mean, other than that, I, I the, you know, there was the, the botched special teams play the fake fuel goal. And, and then there was the, all, you know, MSU held the Grizz to five field goals, despite the very bad field <laughs> position that they had. So, you know, yeah. I, I don't I don't think the defense was the problem. I don't think preparation, desire, what have you was the problem. I think it was uh kind of the office offensive issues that we had seen in games prior um kind of coming to light, I suppose, and, and the Grizz were able to exploit some of those. All right, Colton. Um so last Thursday, uh well the public, we uh, were made uh, aware of Matt McKay entering the, the transfer portal. I, I guess my first question to you about that whole situation is just for you. Like, what was it like covering that story? Well, uh, I found out as, as at the same time everyone else did, uh, just hmm. scrolling through Twitter and uh, wait, McKay is in the transfer portal. What? It, it, can he play then? <laughs> or is he just going to transfer after the season? Yeah, wait, no, right. he's he's not playing. He wait. And then talk to a few few more people, get some reliable information from some some uh, sources, and yeah, he was actually he was actually benched not too shortly after Cat Grizz, and um, and that kind of you know led to his decision to want to leave. Um, and yeah, you know, on this whole situation, I'm I'm probably going to go on a little bit of a tangent here. On this whole situation, uh, I don't know if you guys saw the UT Martin uh, coach's post-game press conference. He made such a great point about the transfer portal in that there should kind of be a, a time window there. I heard that. that. I did. Yeah, I, I think that is such a good suggestion. Because Okay, like, you know, yes, it it, it doesn't look great for a player to want to leave a team in the midst of a a playoff run. Sure. But at the same time, I I think at least in terms of people like who who would be thinking this from McKay's perspective, um, I, you you know, the, the early signing day period is next week. Right. And so I, you know, every, if he knows that he's not going to be the starting quarterback and he really wants to be a starting quarterback, particularly for his last year of eligibility, every year or every day that he's not in the transfer portal and giving himself an opportunity to go to the best situation possible is, you know, 
kind of a, you know, the, the timing of it. I, you know, and that's kind of why I go back to the UT Martin suggestion, the, the, the timing of it. I think that is just tough for everyone involved. And so I think it should be a little bit more clear and, um, I am, you know, there, there should be a little bit more better rules in those regards in time, in terms of the timing, but the hard it, part, sorry, sorry for the tangent. That's there. All right. <laughs> I, I know, uh, Ryan Foley has lots to say on transfer portal in general, but I, in terms of like the, um, the timing of it, like the, like your, like the coach was talking about, it's interesting, but at the same time, if you're the team that like makes it to the national championship, like everyone else has been in the portal for like three or four or five weeks already. So you're not mm-hmm. all of a sudden you're at like a huge disadvantage in terms of like those guys are snatched up, all the roster spots are filled up for quarterbacks. So, mm, right. <laughs> so how do you balance the teams that play longer than the other teams in terms of like a window? Just 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 throwing that out for conversation. You don't have to answer it. Yeah. It's just, no, there's, yeah. There's no right answers right now. But that, I, I really like that. I, I like not being able to do it during the season. Like you can if you want to quit the team, fine, but you just you're not gonna like be able to go find another team until everyone else does or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I don't know if the, the right answer is having that early signing day period before the season and then the final signing day period after the season. Um, Cause I mean, a, a lot of the good kids and this probably pertains more particularly to division one, a, a lot of the really good kids make their commitments or their decisions following their junior seasons. Right. So you know, they can, they can sign before the college football season, you know, leading up to their senior season. Um, but the, you know, then again, then also like, do you want to force these kids to sign before their senior seasons? And then maybe they have a spectacular season and then they want to be able to go to another school or, you know, maybe they don't have such a good season and then the school's not as interested. And then, so you have, a, you know, it, it's, I don't, I don't know if, you know, there, there's a lot of, decent ideas but it seems like there's not like a a great answer at, at least apparent to me okay i'll take it next i was gonna ask a question all right i'll come back in right here uh colton um, one thing i want you said was that you found out about matt mckay on twitter and i just mm-hmm. find that like like really interesting like almost like did montana state just play this really close to the vest they didn't want this to get out or is that like is that the relationship Montana State has with the Chronicle? No, I mean it's not anything with the Chronicle in particular. Um, yeah, and there may be outlets who are hearing buzz about them making a possible decision. And you know, I you could kind of glean that there would be some sort of change, whether that was you know Malat just getting more snaps than before or what have you. Um, but no, I, I, I think they were trying to keep it, you know, close to the chest as much as possible. Cause he, even in vegans Monday press conference before the UT Martin game, we were asking about McKay and his, you know, wanting to improve. And, you know, he, he kind of listed off some things that they were hoping to work through with him. Um, and so mm-hmm. he kind of spoke as if he was, at least to me, from my perspective, kind of suggested that he would still be the starting quarterback and that they were kind of preparing him to be um, to, to, to fix his mistakes so that he would be able to to perform better on Saturday. Um, and so, yeah, I, you know, I, I I I thought that a change could happen. Um, I didn't have any source on that. 
Um, but you could kind of figure that that would be, uh, in the works. Um, but I, I certainly didn't see McKay leaving the team, I guess that, that, I think that in itself was a little bit of a surprise. I think it came definitely a surprise to Popcat fans. I think everyone else found out about it, like on Twitter. I was like, oh my goodness. I, like I, we had all heard rumors like Malat maybe starting, but the fact that McKay was just like not on the team anymore. I don't, I don't think many people saw that coming, but uh, uh, to, to piggyback on that conversation, then like how, how was the team's response to McKay entering the portal? Did he uh, just have a chance to talk to anyone about it or get a kind of feeling what people thought about Matt McKay uh, just on the team? Yeah. I, I, in particular from anyone on the team, um, I, I think you guys said that you saw the post game press conference after Saturday, uh, vegan just kind of kept it, pretty, pretty short regarding McKay that, you know, that, uh, you know, he felt he made a decision that was best for him and MSU wished him the best and that they were just going to move on. Um, and it's, you know, they they don't want to, at least for now, you know, who knows next season, if there'd be a little bit more willing to talk about it. Um, yeah, no, no one is going to be talking about that. Uh, certainly on the, on the record. Um, I, I, I think in, for sure, at least until the season is over. Well, not even necessarily like reasons or anything, just like how people like, were they bummed out or anything like, but I mean, it's, it's kind of hard to gauge, but. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So one of the things Ryan and I were, we've discussed at length in, on this podcast journey that we have is kind of like our love for Tucker Rovig or just maybe admiration for Tucker, Tucker Rovig, uh, Obviously, we thought Tucker Rovig was going to get the nod. It's it wasn't. It's Tommy Malott. Ha, ha, have you gleaned anything on why Montana State leaned towards Malott over Rovig there? I think the 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 abilities of Tommy uh, in terms of rushing on the ground. Uh, I, I think that was pretty evident and pretty clear that that kind of elevated him. Um, and, and the reason that MSU wanted to go with him, uh, obviously this team is kind of meant, uh, to be a run first team. And I think that his style sort of better fits that identity. Um, and you know, something also vegan talked about as well was how much, uh, Malat had improved as a passer. And I, 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 I need to. I, I just want to be clear. I, I don't. I don't think it was possible at all whatsoever to figure out how good or bad Malat was as a passer because that that wind. I don't, you guys maybe were. I don't know if you guys were at the game or you saw, but the wind was so tough. I think in such in and not only that, but his first career start in the postseason. I, I don't think you can you know, glean exactly how good or bad he could be. Um, I think the MSU coaching staff has the best view of what, what he can be just based on what they see on a day-to-day basis in practice. And yeah, I, I think, uh, combined with, you know, his, his rushing ability, which that was evident against UT Martin, um, you know, how, how, and even compared to McKay, who was is also a fairly mobile quarterback, um, I, I think Malat is such a good runner um, that that kind of that kind of I guess known commodity um, 
and something that they know that they could depend on um, was kind of the the reason that they wanted to go with Malat there. Well, Malat definitely played pretty well against UT Martin. Like you said, a win a storm, kind of hard to get a gauge on his passing ability, but they won the game and now the Bobcats are on to Huntsville, Texas and Tommy Malat, I assume is going to be heading up the team unless they somehow think Rove is, is a better matchup for Sam Houston state. I have no idea why right. that would change, but regardless, um, if Tommy Watts starter, assuming he is, like, how do you think the Cats match up against the Bearcats in terms of like stylistically what the Bobcats want to do and maybe what Sam Houston State wants to do? Cats versus Cats. That's right. Um, <laughs> one spelled correctly, uh, one made up word. <laughs> I may be wrong on this, but I'm pretty sure that it was Bearcats with a C too, and then they went they went out of their way to make it a K. We might as well anyway. put a Z on the end of it too while they're, while they're at it. <laughs> <laughs> to go full 90s oh on gosh. it. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I. this is a, a strength versus strength uh, game right here. Uh, I was watching the replay of the Sam Houston Incarnate Word game, uh, and it is so evident how how strong up front Sam Houston is uh, in on the defensive yep. line and the offensive line. Um, the Montana state and so strength versus strength that Sam Houston offense is so well balanced. I mean, uh, their quarterback is a Walter Payton award finalist. They have a rusher for over a thousand yards. They're among one of the top teams in the country in total rushing, uh, so well balanced and, uh, a handful of receivers over 500 yards receiving for the season. And then, but then Montana state's defense, we've already talked about it. You guys know among if not the best unit in the country on that end of the ball. Um, and then, and then on the other side, MSU, uh, is a, you know, run first team, whether that's quarterback run, you know, giving the ball to a uh, you know, they, they want to run the ball, uh, early and often. And Sam Houston is among the best teams in the country in stopping the run. And like I said, their defensive line is very good. I think, the, the, you know, it's there, there's a lot of strength up front for Sam Houston, but I, I wonder if there's a little bit more, I guess, speed on in some areas for Montana state. So maybe there's a way that Montana state could take advantage there. Um, Trans- but <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I, but, and then I, I think Sam Houston's secondary has proven to be uh, a little vulnerable at times. And, but then obviously Montana state's passing attack is kind of figuring things out as, as they go as well with Malat, presumably making his second career start this week. Um, so yeah, I, it, it's, it's going to be, I think, uh, uh, a fun clash of two really skilled teams in, in the areas that I mentioned. While you were talking there, I had a interesting idea. Um, you know, some teams employ the two quarterback system. The Bobcats have obviously with, with the throwing quarterback and then the wild quarterback that comes in and basically runs it. What if we do the inverse of that where Malat, the running quarterback, gets 85% of the snaps and then Tucker Rovig comes in and just, all he does is just throw bombs. That's literally all he does. <laughs> just comes in and just throws 60 yard passes. <laughs> <laughs> the complete opposite of what most two quarterback systems do. Right. Innovation right there. 
If you see Taylor I, House right, tell him my, my tell him my idea. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I right on. I, <laughs> I you know I, I'm hey I, I'm sure they are you know hoping to you know find some consistency in in whatever way they can find. Um, but yeah, I would imagine they uh they they stick with Malat full time again. How many um passing yards do you think Malat needs to win this football game? You know, I was thinking Ooh. about that. Um, two, 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 ten, two hundred, two hundred, right. somewhere in there. Yeah, I. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think that, and and that's not only you know needing him to chuck the ball up and down the field. Um, I think that would just be indicative of a balanced offense that, you know, when they needed to, they could rely on him to, you know, move the chains, convert third downs. Um, and then once in a while, you know, just throw throwing it deep to Lance McCutcheon one-on-one coverage and, and hitting a couple of those. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that would be the number that he would probably end up at. Um, and like two touchdowns at most one pick. I think that's probably the, the stat line I think it, in my head of an MSU win. How about you fully? No, I was going to say probably 250. 250. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 was, I, I was thinking somewhere in that range too. Like I, I was probably thinking a little low. Cause then in, in, you know, at least in my head in presumably, you know, the MSU's offense or their, their running game gets going so they can get a lot of the yards that way. Um, but yeah, I, I, that two fifty is a good number as well. I'm going to put together throwing, the think, output of Tommy Malott at UT Martin and South Dakota state's output throwing the ball in the national championship game for like a total of like 153 yards between those two games. So that's all we need. <laughs> that's my theory here. <laughs> all right. in, in reality, I'm thinking, I was thinking in my head, like 175 will win the game. I think two fifty. we're, we're cruising boys. 175. Yeah. I think we'll do it. 150 might even do it. We just need to keep the defense soft enough to keep them from stacking the box. So I think, I think 150 could do it if he doesn't turn the ball over. If he does turn the right. ball over, then you're probably right. It's got to be 200 something to make up for that, for a turnover. But Oh, yeah. I, I think that the turnover stat, I think that's the number one thing, the the limiting the turnovers. Uh, you know, obviously he had the one fumble that led to the touchdown this last week. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, you know, if, if he can limit it to one at most to two turnovers. I, I think that's probably enough to get a win there. Colton, do you have a bold prediction for the game? Oh, uh, in terms of victory. Um, yeah, they're, they're always good things for Bob. That's usually is in, in our world here. <laughs> uh, I, well, I, I was thinking bold prediction, like Afonso runs for over 300 yards. Yeah, um, that, that works yeah. perfectly. That's an acceptable no. <laughs> answer. <It> works. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I don't have a bold prediction because I think that this game is going to be is is going to be way you know just super close uh, down to the down to the wire. Um, hmm. But I, I just think Sam Houston has is is too complete uh, and playing at home um, too. I, I it, it would be tough for me to to not 
favor you know for that to pick them to win this game sure can't argue with that no yeah i've been <laughs> i mean i'm on record saying it so uh i would say it's a bold prediction that they're going to keep it close but i mean i i've been called a hater all week on that but uh it's just it's what i feel um uh, so yeah, we'll, one we'll might say though that Sam fully Houston. going but, into negative town is a good sign that the Bobcats will win. <laughs> yeah. Fully spiraling, then things things are good. Uh, <laughs> hey, use use yeah, this bulletin board material, you know. There we go. Um, but you know, the, <laughs> yeah, the one go. thing I will say is that, and maybe you guys have already talked about it. This was the exact you know, even before the Grizz game. This is the exact kind of path that Montana State would have wanted to oh, get yeah. to the national championship to be able to face it's just out of order right like you in in theory montana state was going to be a one maybe a two seed maybe a three or four um but you know you you would hope that you would probably face a team like sam houston in the semifinals maybe a team like you know sac state villanova south dakota state in the quarterfinals so like i said it's the teams that you wanted it's just it's just flipped sure and, uh, and yeah, I, I think that this is kind of the matchup that Montana state would have wanted all season. And so now it's kind of up to them to, you know, to take advantage of this opportunity. And then if Montana state were to win like semifinals, either facing a Villanova team that has shown some vulnerabilities or South Dakota state who is playing very well right now, but that would be three straight road games in the postseason for them. That, that I, I, you know, that is kind of a, that's a pretty favorable path, I think, for, for MSU, mm-hmm. all things considered, to be able to avoid James Madison and, and North Dakota State as well, I too. Mean, this game is probably the biggest hurdle left. Obviously, there's a lot of tar- hard games. If you get past Sam Houston State, though, it kind of, you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Mm-hmm. All right, Colton. Hey, we're going to get you out here shortly. We only have a couple questions left for you. So we're going to veer sure. away from the football talk. Um, a little fun question I wanted to know is who is the best interview you had at the uh, at, at Bozeman uh, Chronicle? Oh man, really putting me on the spot. You, you, you good questions. Um, man, uh, like it, it, my the the best person who was the best quote consistently, or just the best you know, like the sole alone interview. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you just continue to make it tougher for me. Uh, Both. Give one of each then. Uh, right, right, right. Um, oh, man. Um, you know, I, I think that there are so many good, you know, well-spoken players on this Montana state team. Um, you know, I, I guess maybe a good answer for both would be Lewis kid. Um, just such a good kid, uh, and so intelligent and, um, such a good leader. And, you know, he's gonna, gonna get his master's degrees is, you know, gonna try and pursue a, path in the pros um and just just a great guy um but i you know thinking back to my to to a one single interview 
uh, thinking back to when uh, I did a story about uh, him and his mom who was going through breast cancer back in that, that interview was in 2018 and it was right before MSU's uh, breast cancer awareness game. Um, you know, pretty emotional um, and pretty uh, impactful uh, interview for me. And I, I hoped to, to do my best with that story. And um, yeah, that was uh, certainly a, um, you know, an impactful conversation for me and just kind of the very tough emotions that, that he went through. Um, and yeah, I asked him about his mom. I, you know, I think it was maybe about a year ago now and she seems to be, uh, doing well and things uh, seems to be going well there. So, um, so that's good. But, um, yeah, I, I think Lewis is and Lewis, not only to talk about him, but to talk about how the offense is doing to talk about some of his teammates. He always had the, the best quotes about some of his teammates, um, and gave me some pretty enlightening stuff, including about, uh, Chase Benson, which I did a feature on right before Cat who I did a feature on right before Cat Grizz. Um, and he's roommates with him and, um, gave me a lot of, a lot of, uh, good fun info about Chase. And, um, yeah, I, I think, I think Lewis probably, uh, ends up being my answer. Nice. Yeah, he's, he's an easy kid to root for. That's for sure. <laughs> Love Absolutely. having that guy uh, in a Bobcat uniform. Okay. Um, all right. So then another similar question, I guess, just what was your most memorable moment uh, as a cat beat reporter, Bobcat beat reporter? 2018 Cat Grizz, not even close. Uh, just the game think, itself or? Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, that is the, by far the craziest wildest uh most i can't believe that happened game of my life uh nfl college high school like i i like my my heart kind of still like still goes a a little like my rpms go up a little bit every time i think about that game um just like i the, 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 you know, everything leading up to it, the winner go home, essentially, uh, atmosphere of that game. The, I think that was the first time Bobby Houck was back with Montana. Um, and, you know, MSU just willing that game. And I mean, of course the goal line stand, the, the touchdown that wasn't, uh, and then the goal line stand that was, um, I, I, I don't, I don't know how I could ever, you know, there could ever be a crazier game. Um, in my mind, I like that, that one is going to be a a memory that I, that I hold on to forever. Well, I certainly know Bobcat fans are kind of the people that know exactly like where you were, what you were doing, who you're with when that play happened. I imagine Grizz fans probably are too for a whole different set of reasons though, but they probably remember that's pretty much seared in their brain forever. So that doesn't surprise me that (laughs) that was your answer (laughs) there. Right. Yeah. It it was so, it was so fun. I remember, uh, I was sitting next to Paul Schwedelson, our reporter at the time too, and just looking at each other like 10 times looking at each other. Like, did that just happen? Is this happening? 
what the MSU's ahead. Like <laughs> I, 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 and I just, uh, an epic game on, uh, it just so fun. Um, and yeah, I, I, I did like a, I think it was like a 3000 word story about that a year later. And I, I feel, the, I, I don't feel like I did it justice even with that. And I talked to like 20 people and, yeah, I don't think I could ever try and capture the intensity, the emotions, the um, just the how amazing uh, that game was to watch. Maybe you'll get one last chance when the Bobcats make it all the way to Frisco, Texas in the national championship <laughs> game and the Bobcats win that game on a goal line stand. <laughs> take you out <laughs> hey, there you go I, I i was thinking it would be uh because i i went to north dakota state so it would be it would be my life full circle if montana and vegan's life full circle if montana state and north dakota state face each other and then montana state won and got to cover the first msu national championship in however long um that that, that would be that would be uh certainly entertaining to watch i'm i'm sure for for cat fans i just hope it's not cat grizz part two. Oh yeah. god uh, i couldn't uh, handle it my heart my heart couldn't uh, handle it <laughs> i mean I, I i think i think uh paul who i mentioned before uh, i can't remember if he tweeted this or not but i gotta give him credit uh i, I think he, he jokingly threw out the suggestion that that game should be played in butte and i don't disagree yeah, <laughs> yeah. it'd be entertaining yeah, yeah, right. I mean, if there <laughs> like was, it was like back the, in what, like the 1910s. Yeah, well, it was for a while, like just not in my lifetime <laughs> or anything, but I know it yeah. was. Yeah. But if there was like a 50,000 seat stadium somewhere in Montana for any other reason, like it, it would be filled in a neutral site. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. You, you you put that stadium, you, you put that game anywhere in the country. Yeah. There's people are going to show up for it. That's for sure. All right, Cole. Well, thanks for taking some time here to come on and just kind of talk about a range, a broad range of topics leading up to the current events for the for the Bobcats. Man, I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. And yeah, this was a this was a blast. Uh, where can our listeners uh, follow you? Uh, follow you and your content. Yeah, so um, I am on Twitter at C, at C Pool Reporter, um, and then uh, you know our Bozeman Chronicle Twitter account tweets our stories as well. Um, and then uh, you can follow us, or you you know just uh, find our stories online as well on our website. And um, and then our sports reporter by at by Parker Cotton. He also uh, does a little bit of MSU football, um, but is doing a lot of MSU basketball right now. So. Um, yeah, you can follow us there. Sounds good. I appreciate it, man. And yep, have a good night. Yeah. Thank you. You too. Thanks, Colton.